tonight I feel fully inadequate to um, start a study of this sort. Um, of course, we've been going through <clears throat> the book of, I mean, through different parts of the Bible. Um, when it comes to um, the realm of there's Jesus, and we're not done with that. We're just moving it to Wednesday night, and we're going to start a Sunday night series. And I think it's the best way to go, and I, I enjoy going through books of the Bible, even though I've never done it on pur- purpose, but um, I think it's um, very um, it's very good to be able to go expositorily through a, a book in the Bible, and that's how you learn the Bible. Um, and so, you know, you got different <coughs> spans of going through Bible, going through the Bible, different ways of doing it. But I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this straight up. Everything I'm going to say in this series is not going to be just of my own. just want to let everybody know that. And I'm not going to claim rights to everything, but I'm just letting you know that I'm, going, I'm pulling out a lot of commentators and a lot of things, uh, but, I'm, but I'm getting help from the Lord, and of course, uh, I fully disagree with a lot of commentators on a lot of things. And um, that's just my personal opinion, and, and um, they can like me or lot, not, you know, whatever. But I, I just want to let you know that, I mean, it, it, everything that, listen, the Bible says not there's not new, one new thing under the sun. And if there's not one new thing under the sun, then there's not one new thing under the sun. So that's what I believe, but I've been reading many commentators um, directly towards this book, and I've been reading this book a lot through this book. And um, last year we were able to go through this book in Bible college as well. So I was able to grow and learn a lot about the book then as well. And so it may be a tough book, but it would be a book worth it. And um, that will be the book of Revelation. So uh, Lord willing, uh, we're going to start this study and uh, verse by verse, um, precept upon precept. And um, I... It really is a wonderful book, and it's been avoided by many um, just simply because they seem that they can't understand it, um, and it cannot be understood, and that reading it and studying it and preaching from it would just simply lead someone to confusion. But that's not the fact, um, and that is a very sad thing to think that people actually believe that, and uh, people actually go to that extent to um, come to that point of this book and believe that some way, shape, or form, you can turn it off if you need to, um, or th- I think it's the bottom one, but uh, some way, shape, or form that there that this book is some way, I don't know, some type of confusion or some type of book that's just ought to be void from the Bible. <clears throat> but it's really sad because in this book, I believe Jesus is revealed more clearly than any other book in the Bible. I believe that he is, and, and and this is a book to be studied and studied, and this is a book that you'll grow from. And I believe a reason a lot of people turn from this book, um, turn from the book of Revelation to um, and not study it and not do that sort of stuff is because they don't want to put the time in it takes. It takes a lot of time to study the book of Revelation, and uh, it will take us a lot of time to go through the book of Revelation. We understand there's 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, and I think there's 408 verses in the book of Revelation. And so if we're going to go verse by verse, that means we've got 408 messages ahead of us. I'm just kidding. That's not the case. But rather than verse by verse, we'll kind of go by um, 
we'll kind of go, you know, um, um, how it's how it's how it's uh, overlaid, how it's how it's outlaid, how it's given um, in directive towards that. You know, it may be verse number fifteen to verse number twenty-two, and I'm lacking the term for that, but simply paragraphed. I guess you can look at it upon paragraphed, and and um, I, I believe we can all to grow grow together in this book. And I'm not so sure of how long it will take, but we will stay in it as long as the Lord leads to stay in it. And um, that may be long, and that might be, this might be the last time. So we don't know, however the Lord leads, but each person that decides, each person that decides to preach through this book, i got to lay a long, long introduction to the series type. Every person that preaches through this book decides that they're going to preach through it differently, okay? You can study and look at it and hear and listen and that sort of stuff. And Some preach it on an allegorical style view. That's a liberal style of view, and, and um, meaning the events in the Bible in that book that unfold in that book are mere stories such as myths and fables and that sort of stuff. And, of course, that is a false interpretation of the book of Revelation. And then there is the more along the lines of the historical view, meaning that it goes through the ages of the churches from the apostles into now. And I do not fully disagree with this view, but there are many errors when it comes to a view such as that. There's a few errors that I can mention. Uh, one, a view like this will destroy the prophetic side of this book because claiming that it has already taken place, and listen, in the mind of God it may have taken place, but that does not matter to the mind of men because we're not God. And so we're looking at it in a prophetic side of view and simply saying that what has said, what is said in this book has not come to pass. All of them have not come to pass. And so then there is a view of the future. If you were to break down this book, there's a view looking into the future and meaning that most events in this book are future. Simple. It's simply meaning that it's a book of prophecy. And that's what it is. And this is a more literal look to the book of Revelation. It's a more very practical and literal look to it. That meaning that, and, and this is the interpretation I stand with. And this is an interpretation I believe that is right. Now this interpretation I believe I'm going to try to preach through. This book has, I do believe that the book of Revelation is mostly prophetic. And the events that are will that that are that we will see unfold in the book of Revelation are a hundred percent realistic events, and it will take place just as the Bible has said it will. And so that I believe, and I believe that is the intended interpretation of this book, just as well. It's not a parable. It's not a parable. It is a hundred percent factual book and it's not a mere story but rather facts that will come to pass will come to pass it's not just some scary book either by the way a lot of people look at it as some scary book and that's merely looking at it as a side of a fable um, which it's not it's not just some scary book if you've been saved you are blessed is the man who reads this book and uh, and so 
It's not some mere story, but I believe that this is the intended interpretation of this book. So with the hope of the Lord, <clears throat> that's how we'll look through this book. And here are a few simple thoughts concerning the book. Number one, you can read in your Schofield Bible that it says that the book of Revelation was written in uh, 96, A.D. 96. I do not believe that's 100% incorrect, but I believe it was anywhere from 95 to 96. Not that that matters that much, but according to um, the Romans reigning in that time, and um, you find that there is a lot of background in that. And so we understand that it was written, and many claim that to be false, and many believe that it was a little later, but I do believe this is the correct date for that. And then also we find that there is a writer of this book, and the intended writer, and we understand the author of this book is John the Beloved. And he is that, and this is the same apostle who wrote this is this, and if you're in if you're in my world, I'm telling you, you'll hear stuff like this. This is the same apostle that wrote the book of John. This is the same apostle that wrote all three books that's got his name by all four books that's got his name after it. He wrote it. Um, it's not some other John, as some claim. Some claim that some other John wrote Third John, and that's not the case. John the Beloved wrote all f- all five of the books in Scripture, from Revelation to John to First, Second, Third John. And so this is it's, it's a pretty clear thing according to the text that we're going to read tonight as well. And so in Bible college we learn that the key verse of the book of Revelation is Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 19. And Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 19, this is not what we'll be preaching now. I'm trying to lay a backdrop to give you just a few thoughts before we start this series. Because it will be a long one and we will be not... We will not be turning back unless the Lord says so. So Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19, the Bible says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. We learned in, we learned in Bible college that that was the key verse for the book of Revelation. The reason being is there's a three-part outline to that verse. It talks about the things which thou hast seen. You'll find that in chapter number 1. You'll find that then there's the things which are. You'll find that in chapter Two through chapter three, and then you'll find in chapter four to chapter twenty-four, um, twenty-two, you'll find the things which shall be hereafter. And so we understand that John, and we understand that the outlay of the book is um, from the beginning. There was a man, and here he is. And then chapter two and chapter three it goes through the church ages. Okay, and it goes through all the churches, and then in chapter four he begins in heaven. He's in the spirit and he's in heaven, exactly in heaven. That tells us the layout of the rapture of the church as well. If you did not know that, that is the layout of the rapture of the church. It will take place directly after the church age. When the church, when the rapture takes place, the church age will be over with. And so that's just how it works. And so pretty simple outline there. It's a pretty simple outline. It's the past, the present, and the prospective of the future. The future. So... The era of the writing of this book were very dark ages. It's when the Romans were reigning upon the earth and many things uh, were taking place in that reign. And um, it, it, it was very dark ages. And we understand John, the beloved, was in, he, was in exile to, to, he was exiled to Patmos during the writing of this book. And so much, much, much persecution was involved in those days. There was a lot that was involved in those days. And God gave this resurrection as a scene of hope to all those who were, as a scene of hope to all those who were, who were persecuted, who were tried, 
in that day and that hour. And you say, well, there's not much really that's hopeful in this. There is. There's a lot that's hopeful in this because it gives us a full new perspective of Jesus Christ and who he is, not only as the lowly lamb, but the but as the as the lion of Judah and, and some ruling and reigning king of kings and lord of lords. And that's what it puts him as. And God gave this as that. And that it tells them that there will be a day when all the persecution and all the things that are taking place will come to pass. They will come to pass. They might not be in our age. They might not be in their age. But they will come to pass. And so eventually the wicked earth and Satan and sin would be destroyed and the Lord would reign in power and in glory and in all of his might as he overcomes all of the wicked ones that have persecuted them. And so that's hope. That's hopeful, isn't it? I mean, that's hopeful. And so a lot of the references of this book lead us back to the Old Testament. It doesn't lead us to the New Testament. It leads us back to the Old Testament, to the books such as Ezekiel and such as Daniel and such as Zechariah and such as Micah and Isaiah and so on and so on. You'll find all of those in this in this book where it will reference back to those books and say, hey, this is what I told in years ago in prophecy and to fulfill exactly what they're saying, you have to go back to those books. And so, so I'm going to be going back to those books in my study and we'll be going back to those books Lord willing, as well. And so this book is a book of ending. It's a book of ending. The Bible, Genesis, was a book of beginnings. We understand that. But this is a book of endings. But it's also a book of beginnings. We understand that. But it's a book of endings uh, for things that started in the book of beginnings, such as sin, such as Satan, such as creation, such as the earth, such as the curse, such as heaven. All those things, etc., etc., will be ending in the book of Revelation. And then it is also a book of beginning where we see to things such as the land of the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, the new bodies, the new uh, celestial beings. Everything that will be taking place in that is going to be brand new. And it is, as I preached before, the end of the beginning. It's the end of the beginning. It's the beginning of the end. And it's amazing. And so I had to lay a backdrop there. And so let's, let's begin our study tonight as we started this series. And I'm going to entitle this series, The Revelation. Because it's not just a revelation, but it's the revelation. It's not just, is the revelation given by God. And so that's what I'm going to title this series and title it, The Revelation. And so... Revelation chapter 1, verse number 1. The Bible says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto him servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the reading of the word. We ask you to help us tonight. We ask you, God, that you would be blessed out of all things. We thank you, God, for this. Let's make much of Christ and a whole lot less of ourselves. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. And so this, uh, in the beginning verses of this book, We're given an introduction to what is in 
and the purpose and the point of this whole book. And I'd like to preach this thought to begin very simple, the introduction of this book. The introduction of this book. And so I'll preach that first and I want you to notice a few things spoken of in this introduction. Number one, I want you to notice the person of this introduction. The person of this revelation. The person of this introduction. The Bible says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Very clear, right? And so would you just would you just look at that and see exactly what that talking about? That this is a book that's not about man. It's not about Satan. It's not about the curse. It's not about the mark of the beast. It's not about anything. But this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. What does that tell you tonight? That tells me very clearly that this is a book all about Him. Amen? It's a book about Him. And so uh, your Bible may say um, that the revelation of St. John the Divine, and it may say something along those lines uh, when you look at this book, but, but beloved, that is the title given by some man. That is not the title of this book, uh, but rather the real title of this book is given uh, as the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's all about Him, friend. It's all about Him. This book is all about Jesus. And matter of fact, everything in the Bible points to Jesus in one way or another. And we understand that. You can find Him on every page and in every chapter and in every word. But the book of Revelation, more so than any of the rest of the books in the Bible, is a book all about Him. It tells us of His person, His plans, His purposes, his progress, His power, uh, His promotion, and His provision. Uh, it is a book all about Him. Uh, it's not a book about me and it's not a book about you. Uh, it may mention us when it comes to the four and twenty elders. It may say all that stuff. Uh, um, but this book, my friends, is about Him. Uh, and it is certainly all about Him. And when Jesus was here the first time, He was veiled. Uh, and we understand that He was veiled and He was not recognized by most people. And, and, as He was not recognized by most people as God. Uh, and even though He was God, and He is God uh, in the flesh, and we understand that He was uh, and that He is, and we 100% understand that. But I tell you is that they did not recognize Him as such when He was here upon this earth. Uh, Philippians 2 and verse 5 said, Let this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus uh, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant uh, and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man uh, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross uh, he was a God man is what he was uh, and he still is a God in heaven uh, um, this evening uh, and so look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 8 the Bible says uh, in that the Bible says, which none of the princes of this world knew. Uh, for had they know it, known it, they would not have crucified uh, the Lord of glory. If they would have known that it was Jesus, if they would have known that it was the God of heaven, uh, um, they would not have crucified Him. Uh, his veil was taken off one time according to Scripture uh, in Matthew chapter number 17. Uh, um, but only Peter, James, and John got to look on to that uh, a moment. Uh, but when the world looked at 
Jesus. All they saw was His poverty. All they saw was His humanity. Because they were looking for a lion. They were looking for they weren't looking for a lamb. But He came as a lamb in poverty and humanity. And He He came as a humble Jew. That's all He was. They saw a carpenter from Nazareth. But what they knew is the same one that would be hanging on the tree made the tree that He was hanging on. And the same one that would say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do is the same one that would one day cast the demon and his angels all into hell forever. And I tell you, friend, they saw a carpenter from Nazareth. And the last view that the world had of Jesus was that of a convicted felon, a convicted criminal, dying in his sorrow and dying in his shame and dying in his suffering on a Roman cross. But this book, friends, we're fixing to get into tells us about what the world has not seen. Tells us about the what the world has not seen when they're human eyes. Uh, he, 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 I tell you, friend, uh, he is coming again, and one day uh, um, they will see him uh, as he is be, as he is now. Thank God. Uh, and friend, I tell you, when that day comes, uh, he's not coming as a suffering lamb, uh, but he's coming as a sovereign Lord. Uh, he's not coming in shame and in poverty, uh, but he's coming in splendor and in power. Uh, um, There is coming a day uh, when Jesus Christ will come uh, and be revealed to the whole world. uh, And friend, Jesus is coming, thank God. uh, And the whole world will see Him uh, as He is. Uh, The Bible says, Behold, He cometh with clouds uh, and unto God and His Father. And every eye shall see Him uh, and they also which pierced Him, the Bible says. uh, And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. uh, Even so Amen. And then it goes through and tells us, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. And saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And that's what He was. And we'll find in this book that when all else is gone, that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the Almighty. All with me tonight. He is the person, the man, the one that can, and the one that always will be able to. He is Jesus Christ and he is the answer to all this wicked world's problems and if you need a help tonight you call on the Lord he's the only one that can help you he is the almighty God he is the everlasting father he is the prince of peace he is the almighty the glory of the father he is that to me and friend I can count on him when I need him because he's got all the answers And this book will show us that. Hallelujah. He's the person uh, of this book. Thank God. Secondly, uh, I want you to notice tonight the point uh, of this book or this revelation. uh, The point the Bible says to show unto his servants uh, things uh, which must shortly come to pass. That's why this revelation is written. This book is given to the people of God so they might be able to comprehend God's plan for the future. In verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. It reminds us that this book is a book of prophecy and this revelation is given to his servants, the Bible says. His servants in this word refer 
refers to one who is willingly subjective to another one's authority. A one who is willingly subjective to another one's authority. This word has nothing to do with a slave because he didn't force me to do a thing. He never will force me to do anything until if I reject him upon this world there will be an undertaking and a force one day that comes in so strong and so mighty and we can even serve him and bow to him by choice now we can bow to him by force later and that's just what it is but we got a God in heaven who is a gentleman and he absolutely does allow us to serve him and I'm thankful to serve him a servant a servant serves willingly we'll do what the father says we'll do what his master says and I'm thankful I have the willingness to serve the heavenly father and above and this book is for the people of God the lost man or woman will have real trouble grasping the truths that are written within this book and that are contained within this book because these words are intended for those who serve him who serve him and when many people read the book of Revelation it reminds them of the shortness of days the Bible says that must shortly come to pass. It must shortly come to pass. And so and that is true. That is very true. And as it says in our verse, uh, um, there will be a time where it shortly comes to pass. But uh, that's not all that means. Because if we were to look at it, of course it's going to shortly come to pass. But it's been 2,000 years. That's not short on my view. But uh, most of the prophecies in this book have yet to be fulfilled. And it's been 2,000 years since this book's been written. So you're telling me it's going to shortly come to pass? Absolutely it's going to shortly come to pass. But, like I said, there's another meaning to it. That's why you look up words, and I'm thankful for that. But the, the, the fact is, life is short. And no matter which way you look at it, it's a short time. And it's going to be a short time. At the beginning of 2,000 years, it's not going to be short to to be 2,000 years. But once you get to the end of it, it will be short looking back. And so thinking about that, and the word shortly simply means briefly. It means quickly. And when the time does come uh, that all of the revelation in this book, uh, it will take place quickly. From the beginning of the rapture of the church uh, to the end of the tribulation of seven years uh, to the end of the millennium reign uh, and sitting in heaven in all of eternity, uh, it will take place quickly. uh, And there will be no time to get in then. uh, There will be no time. uh, But Jesus said uh, that what he do, uh, he will do it quickly. He said, surely I come uh, quickly is what he says. Uh, And friend, the point is, uh, it, it is... What we will see in this book is for you. It is for the redeemed and you need this book and so do I. Purpose, the point of this book, uh, the person of this book. Thirdly, I want you to notice the pen of this book, the pen of this book. Let's just say this, the pen of this revelation. The Bible says, and he sent and signified it by the angel and his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, all things that he saw. 
So right here is it shows who wrote this book. Uh, John, we understand, is the human author. Uh, and this is just as you know him, the son of Zebedee. Uh, and that's who it is. Uh, and he is the one who is known uh, in John chapter 20 and verse number 2 in John chapter 21 and uh, verse number 20 as the one uh, whom the Lord loveth. Uh, and that's who he is. Uh, he is the one who rested his head uh, on the breast of the Lord as they were sitting at the Last Supper. Uh, he is that one. Uh, and I tell you, friend, uh, he was given some divine secrets uh, while he was laying his head on the breast of the Lord. Uh, I'm telling you, it pays to be close to God. Uh, it does. And he's the one who left everything to follow Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 22. Uh, and he's the only one who stood by the cross of Calvary uh, when Jesus was hanging there and dying on that tree. Uh, he's the only one that stood there. Uh, and as Jesus looked down uh, and said, uh, um, Behold uh, thy son uh, Behold thy mother uh, And here he is uh, He's the only one left standing for Christ uh, And he was the one who looked into the empty tomb uh, On that third glorious morning uh, And believed uh, He's the only one that did uh, Peter did not believe right about uh, But John believed it immediately uh, And I tell you friend This is the writer of this book uh, He was a faithful friend to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, And a faithful writer of the word of God it was and John tells us that he faithfully recorded everything that was revealed to him the Bible says who bore record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all the things in which he saw everything he saw he wrote down you believe that I do. I believe under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He did. I believe all scriptures give my inspiration profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Now, I'm telling you, I believe that he wrote everything he saw, uh, and these visions must have over, overwhelmed the old man of God. Uh, and you can see John in his early age, uh, and when he writes the book of John and his character and the things, uh, and now he's a man of old. Uh, he's an old man, and he's been imprisoned. Uh, he's been put out there on Patmos. Uh, he's been exiled to a land uh, uh, to a land that he didn't probably want to be in uh, but God had a plan for that land uh, and he used that Patmos uh, to get in there uh, and to use John to give him a revelation uh, and to write down this book uh, and I believe he wrote it all friend uh, and I believe it probably overwhelmed the old man of God but he gives us uh, a faithful record of the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and so one can confide in this book, thank God. The person, the point, the pen. Lastly, I'm done. I want you to notice the promise of this revelation where the Bible says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Friend, this is the only book in the Bible that comes built with it, a promise to begin with. Hallelujah, friend. It's the only book in the Bible that gives us a promise to those who read it uh, and who hear it uh, and who heed it. Uh, and God promises a special blessing uh, to those who spend time in this precious book. Friend, I tell you, there are three here spoken of that will receive this blessing. There are those who read it. So it said, Blessed is he that readeth. Blessed is, so there's the reader, uh, and this speaks to one who is uh, who would read the words of this book. And a lot of people say that this would be the one uh, who would read this book at a public forum. Uh, and I don't know if that's just the case, but I tell you, I read where in those days, copies of the scriptures were hard to come by. They were rare. 
And so we got to understand the primary. There's primary and there's prophetic. Uh, and then there's another one which I forgot. Uh, but there's a primary interpretation of this. Uh, and we got to understand the timing of this book. And they say that it was rare in that day that they would all have scripture. And so they said that usually in those days there was one copy per congregation. And one person would stand and read so that all could hear the words. And here he is and he said, hey, blessed is he that readeth. The words, the one who would read the book is going to be promised a blessing, thank God. I'm glad we can read this book, aren't you? I'm glad we got a full revelation of God. Amen, friend. Then the, the, not only the reader is blessed, but the hearer is blessed. The one who hears the words. Now, and this refers to the congregation that is hearing the words as they are read. And so there's a special blessing given to those who hear the words of the book that's read. What a blessing. Hallelujah. Then not only are they the reader and the hearer, but there's also the one who heeds the words. Keeps the words. Heeds the words. However you want to say it, the Bible says, uh, and keep those things which are written therein. Now this speaks to those who take this message to heart. Those who hear it, those who believe it, and those who heed it. Amen. Friend, I tell you, who live it out. uh, Who live it out to expect the Lord to bless them for their efforts in this uh, book. What a blessing that is, friend. Uh, And I believe we can expect the Lord to feed us and teach us as we move through this series. uh, um, Through this great book, a wonderful book in the Bible. Um, But we can also expect the Lord to bless us because we are taking Him at His word. We're reading, we're hearing, and we're keeping the words of this prophecy. We must do this. We must do this. And then in the last part of this verse in conclusion, the last part of this verse we're told why this book is so important. Because the time is at hand. The time is at him, this word time I found, uh, it means due time, it means proper time, it means all those things, it doesn't just relate to our time. But it relates to a due time, to a proper time. And God is telling us that we are nearing the end of this thing. And this book will give us help and hope as we see the end approaching. I do believe that. I do believe that. It may have been 2,000 years, but I tell you, it could be tomorrow when He comes. It could be tomorrow. And God does things in His own time and on His own schedule. He don't have to ask you and He don't ask the old preacher man here. He just does it because He's God and He can do as He pleases, friend. And I'm telling you, I believe God in His grace in this moment is giving lost sinners time to be saved. That's what I believe. You say, that's not a scriptural basis. Well, I believe you're wrong about that. Because here we are in the age of grace and in the age of the churches. And the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness, but His long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's a long-suffering Lord. He's a loving Lord. He's a longing Lord. And one day He's going to be a coming back. 
back, Lord. Uh, and thank God that when he comes back, uh, I can get in. Uh, but what do I got to do before I get out? Uh, I got to get in this thing. And one day, that will be done. And I believe the time is at hand. I do believe that soon enough the Lord could split the eastern sky and step out on a cloud and call His children home. Uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first and, the, and then we, uh, uh, Paul said, then we uh, which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet Him in the clouds. Uh, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Uh, therefore comfort one another with these words. Uh, we can thank God tonight uh, that there is a Lord uh, coming to get us. But... Blessed is the man that readeth and hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Hallelujah. I hope the rest of it goes like this. The introduction of this book. Thank you for hearing tonight. You stand. Lord. We sure are grateful, God, that you've given us the opportunity to open up this blessed book or this wonderful King James Bible and read it again. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to start a new series there in the book of Revelation. Lord, we're grateful for that, and we ask you, God, to lead and guide and direct, Lord. I'm thankful most of all, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful for the point of the book. Lord, I am. I'm thankful for the penman of the book. Lord, I am. I'm thankful for John. Lord, he's, he, he said many words under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that has helped me along my life, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful for all those. But Lord, most of all, I'm thankful for the person of this book where the Bible says that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that we'll see him again. Lord, I've never seen him once before, but I'm thankful, Lord, that one day I will be able to see him, Lord. And as your word tells us, that when we see him, we'll be like he is. We'll be like he is, Lord. Lord, I'm so excited for that blessed day, Lord. Paul said, henceforth there is a read up for me a count of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge shall give me a, a, a his appearing, not to me only, but to all those that look for his appearing. Lord, I'm looking. I'm looking, Lord, not for the crown, but Lord, I'm looking for the Christ to split, split the eastern sky to come get me from this world. Lord, help us as we go along our way this week. I pray, God, you'd get ultimate, ultimate glory out of our lives, Lord, that we would be like you and that others would see you inside of us. Lord, that we would just absolutely glorify you in our walk this week. We love you so much. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.